And now, a word from our sponsors. Gabriella Balcom won the right to have a novel published by Clarendon House Publishing when one of her stories was voted best in the anthology in which it appeared. Her book, On the Wings of Ideas, came out following this. What's your favorite genre? Fantasy? Horror? Sci-fi? Romance? Literary fiction? This multi-genre collection of short stories includes all of that and more and has something for everyone. Gabriella's stories will alternately move you and bring you to tears, captivate or horrify you, and have you on the edge of your seat. Don't miss out. Be sure to get a copy today. Submissions are now open until August 1st for the Sweetie Cat Press Anthology, The Whole Wide World. The submissions should be episodes of no more than 3,000 words and as few as 50 words about the worldwide adventures of Detective Curly Knucklewad and his assistant, Miss Wanda Wowser, as they go on a manhunt for the unknown thief of the limp noodle sauce recipe stolen from the secret government food laboratory in San Francisco. Submission guidelines are in the blog section of the Sweetie Cat Press website at sweetiecatpress.com. That's sweetiecatpress.com. S-W-E-E-T-Y-C-A-T-P-R-E-S-S.com. Gabriella Balcom's thrilling sci-fi novella, The Return. The world doesn't know about the compound hidden underground and the wealthy investors funding it want things to stay that way. Although it's the year 2027, most of the facility's research is illegal. If animal rights activists had an inkling of what went on, they'd clamor for justice. Human rights activists would scream from the rooftops. By the time 2030 arrives, researchers have worked for a while with feline service units and human replicas. HRs, who are virtual prisoners with no rights. More and more of them are dying and they long for freedom. Surprisingly, one of the top scientists isn't happy with the status quo either. Tensions are mounting and things are not as they appear. Summertime is here, and the best way to beat the heat is with these great deals at MythMark.com. Join the adventure with sisters Emma and Olivia as they journey through the land of imagination in search of Yoon, the magical unicorn, in David K. Montoya's The Missing Unicorn and the Land of the Zombie Fairies. Or travel with poet Christopher Bice as he shares his thoughts on love, death, inspiration, and madness in Escaping the Darkness, Running from My Dreams. If fantasy romance is more your speed, join Celeste and Merrick as they figure out how to defeat the evil Ren doll while they figure out the plans of the elders in Stephanie J. Vardy's The Chosen. Like comic books? We got them too! Hot Off the Press is American Smash by Alan Russo and David K. Montoya for $4.99. Or enjoy our older releases like The Hunter's Exodus for only $2.99. Also, just in time for the summer are these other hot deals like Zoe M. Montoya's Uni Whale t-shirt, blue for boys and pink for girls, only $33.99. Or Lupus Bits the Podcast shirt for $27.99. For all our art lovers, we have something for you too with our prints and lithographs. Check out the Ed Bickford collection for $15 each or enjoy the art of Vincent May for $15. We have everything you'll need to stay inside and beat the summertime heat at MythMart.com. 
For more information, go to www.mythmart.com. Call us at 870-557-2612 or email sales at mythmart.com. And now, enjoy this free JZO Modcast show. Hey there, this is Ralph Garman, and you are listening to the World of Mythbits. You made an excellent choice. Welcome to the World of Mythbits. We are your hosts, Jenna and Joe Sparks, and this is episode 137. Welcome. again welcome to the world of myth bits before we jump into any conversations or points of discussion we are going to run through a bit of housekeeping so james bates's novel something better which was his monthly serial for the magazine will be published and released on july 6th by dark myth publications so that will be tomorrow right tuesday uh, next bit of information, the first new comic by Dark Myth Comics, American Smash, is on sale at Mythmart. Woo! And, speaking of Mythmart, congratulations to Alan and Veronica Russo in a successful launch of the store. So, major congratulations. I know that was not an easy feat by any means. Congratulations, guys. And, also, a, a big congratulations to Mr. Joe Sparks and his crew, uh, kind of me, <laughs> popped in there in that crew, for an amazing audio production of Don DeBrawl's Abducted. And apparently there have been some questions posed regarding the advertisements for Myth Mart. So to clear that up, uh, yeah, that is the same voice actress who does our network identification and, you know, the one that, uh, and now enjoy this Jayzo Modcast show, her soothing, calm, beautiful voice. And it is also the same voice you'll hear in this week's Petco ad, so it's pretty cool. Uh, she's got a great voice. Great, great, great uh, voiceover voice. <laughs> All right. A reminder for the top 10 contestants who haven't yet submitted. Friday will be the final day to submit your chapters for the open contract challenge. If you send it in on the 10th, you will be disqualified from the contest. So that is very important to remember. Friday the 9th. Friday, July 9th. I cannot reiterate that enough. So, yeah, be very mindful of that date coming up. And also, regarding Scarefare, we have, oh my gosh, I've been working my my butt off uh, organizing, working on graphics, working on uh, flyers and everything, um, and it's, it's, it's exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting because there are so many people involved, um, and, you know, you want to make sure everybody is getting... Uh, the spotlight. So, you know, I don't know if you guys have heard all of the special guests, including a few new ones. So we're going to kind of run through them. 
so far regarding special guests, we have Dan Mendoza and Nightmare Lynch, who both are publishers, writers, illustrators for Still Ill Princess and Cannibal Kitty. J.P. Roth, who is a publisher and author for Roth at Comics. Also, Eric Basildua, or Ebass, who is an artist. Bill McKay, who is a comic book cover artist. Isaac Bell and Alexa Lowe, who are also comic book creators and artists. David Harrigan, who's another comic book artist. Mr. Walter G. Esselman, who is an author. Stephanie J. Barty, who, you know, I guess, I guess she's an author. She's not, We've heard her name once or twice, you know. Uh, she's she's our very own beloved writer. Uh, and Aaron Bartling, who's a comic artist. John Massari, who I am very excited about this one, is the composer for Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And uh, that one's sure enough to be really amazing to have him there. Uh, we have Walter Phelan, who played Dr. Satan in House of a Thousand Corpses. Joe Bob Briggs, who we all know uh, is an iconic host uh, of The Last Drive-In currently. We're also going to have the real Michael Myers, who's a cosplay there to trip you up and delight you, hopefully. Wendy Steen Shaner, who is a creator, writer, artist as well. Missy Sahagan, who is an actress. Trix the Trickster, who is a devilishly delightful actor. And the Grim Life Collective. And in addition to the Grim Life Collective, who's going to be covering the event for their YouTube channel and all that, they are really cool. Uh, we're also there's also going to be a live podcast. And it's the Talkie Horror Picture sh- or sorry, the and it's the Talkie Horror Podcast show. So they're both gonna be there. There are, I mean, that's just the special guests. I'm not gonna go through and read all of the vendors because there's almost 60 vendors. <laughs> and uh it's a lot. There's a lot of a lot of chatter happening in terms of who's going to be there. So it's pretty awesome to witness and see. So All right, here's a bit of news I think everybody will kind of start cheering over. ZombieWorks' next open call for submissions for their new anthology, Natural Instance, Witches and Warlocks, is expected to begin next month, so that's super exciting. I cannot wait. And there's also a possibility of JPWI wrestling this August, next month. Woo. It's also really hard to believe we're already in July. There is also a possibility of JPWI wrestling this August. Uh, Whether it will be a joint promotion is yet to be decided. But uh, the goal is for the JPWI wrestling champion to defend his title that night. So uh, stay tuned for that. It's going to be... Pretty interesting to see what transpires. And finally, start thinking about your issue 100 submissions for the World of Myth magazine. We want a packed magazine. So uh, we want like every kind of contributor, old, new, all of the above, to take part in this issue and the celebration because this is a huge, huge deal. We are fast approaching to the 100th issue which will be right kind of right next to the Halloween issue too. So that will be super exciting. I'm very happy to hear that. Uh, So yeah, that kind of wraps it up for our housekeeping. So now we can kind of jump into points 
of topic for this week. It's been an interesting couple weeks trying to to kind of work around <laughs> some joys of life. To top it all, <laughs> here's a funny story that kind of can take us over into this point of conversation, but you got to stick with me. I I made a boo-boo. It was a big time boo-boo. For anybody who does freelance design, uh, stock footage market, uh, it, it's it's a it's a costly place to to be. So um, there are great resources, especially free resources, where you can get both you know images and video for projects and. You have to be mindful of the rights and everything, but um, they're great. But a lot of websites, a lot of resources out there are really costly, like painfully costly, like sell your kidney kind of costly. And they're great because it's it's mainly businesses, you know, uh, who are using them. Well, I'm not a business. I am just somebody who's essentially broke trying to do freelance design. And so I went to this one website and you sign up for, you know, a a free trial. Always great. And then after your free trial, you're signing up for a monthly thing, monthly uh, subscription. And it's $29 a month, which really isn't that bad comparatively to a lot of other uh, websites. So I was like, okay, that's that's not too shabby. You know, I I don't really want to get charged but whatever if I get charged it's 29 bucks and and I know I'll use it so all right so I registered I got the free trial and everything and you know a lot of times when they when they ask you for those paid the the subscription their free trial subscription you have to put your card in nine times out of ten it used to be ten out of ten I'm very good I'm very good about remembering, oh, crap, I don't want to, you know, continue the subscription. I need to go on and cancel it. I have it in my phone, you know, the day it's up and everything. So when I need to go and cancel it. Well, this month, I missed it. I missed the day that I was supposed to cancel the subscription before the auto renewal kicked in. So, again, I was like, oh, you know, crap, $29. All right. You know, it's that's ugh. But then the other night, this super intelligent little lady uh, went on to the other night I was perusing and went I, uh, for uh, another project I'm working on. So I went onto this website for the first time in like a week um, since since the auto renewal had kicked in. Uh, so I went back on there. And I was trying to see if I could download if if the subscription also included videos because there's the images, the stock images and then stock videos. So I went on to see if the videos were a part of it. And because it's like, like I could utilize that right now. I need I need some videos some stock video. So I went on and I'm, I'm looking around and it's showing my membership, my auto renewal membership. It's not $29. It was supposed to be $29 cuz it was supposed to do the monthly thing. Nope. They charged me the annual cost. Just $300. Easy money. So, I panic cuz right now, you know, uh can't can't really 
spend $300, especially on uh, stock images. So I panic and I'm emailing. I'm like, I blah, blah, blah. Being a real like Karen about it, (laughs) but not being mean or anything. Just like, no, this was this was not. You know, it, it's my fault. I didn't read the fine print, but I guess. But it was supposed to be the the monthly, not the yearly. So anyway, I'm panicked. And about two hours later, because this is at like midnight, two hours later, they get back to me and they're like, OK, we'll issue a refund because apparently it's just easier to do that. So lesson of the story. Pay attention. Uh, don't be Jenna. And I know it happens. It happens all the time where, you know, we we forget, you know, about the free trial and all that. But yeah, that was who that was that was quite the night for my emotions. <laughs> so that kind of leads me into something I kind of wanted to to talk about, because on top of that, and I know I say it like every week and, and I know it doesn't make me put me in any different uh, position than most people. But it's like my my time has like I I don't have any of it to put in a better term and I I get myself in a in a tizzy because when I feel like I am performing to the best of my capabilities uh my tasks and goals and all of that you know it kind of gets brought to my attention that actually my time management really sucks and I think part of that is because I hyperfocus and I talk about it all the time. Oh, I hyperfocus, blah, blah, blah. And I do. I really do. You know, and, and I am somebody where I don't like to put in just a speckle of effort. I go all in. It's either all in or all out. I am not really somebody who falls in the middle. I don't know why. Uh, my mom is the same way where it's, it's either all or nothing. When I take on any kind of task or goal, it is all consuming, you know, all consuming. And again, it's, I am somebody where it's like, I have to put reminders in my phone to do basic tasks when I start doing any major projects. So it's like eat, <laughs> you know, I've probably had one or more, uh, UTI infections <laughs> because, or UTIs, just because, you know, I get too hung up to get up and do anything other than my task on hand. And it can be a real problem. For the most part, I, I feel like it's it's what works for me because, like I said, it's all or nothing. So the nothing part of that spectrum means that I sit there and don't do anything. And when I don't do anything, I... I panic. I I am a very panicky person. I panic because I'm like, I should be doing something. I need to be, I need to be doing something, but I'm not doing something. And that can be either like, oh, I'm, uh, the, the amount of work I'm doing has slowed down or there's that, like that blip in motivation where I, I haven't, enveloped myself enough into a project to be hyper-focused in it. So I can't start it yet because I haven't really like gotten into the grit of it. It kind of becomes this game of, of, I don't want to say it is procrastination, but it's not. It's very confusing, my poor little brain. Point is, it kind of, it just messes with my, my brain, you know, So when I, you know, think about it and we see it all the time, we see it all the time on social media, we see it every which way you turn, if you work for somebody, if you, whoever, 
you see it all the time. It's all about the hustle. It's all about, you know, basically selling your soul and your body to somebody else and doing every kind of task you can because of the hustle. The harder you work, essentially, the better a person you're deemed, right? You know, because because only the hardest workers are. (laughs) That's a whole spiel right there. You know, there's there's always these these bouts of, of gloating. Oh, well, I work so hard and all of this and and I haven't I haven't taken a vacation I haven't rested I haven't done this this and this and it's like a an accolade essentially a, a slave to capitalism <laughs> but that you have you don't have the ability to slow down you know and I guess we're trying to make lemonade out of lemons right where it's like well I I financially and uh, physically have no way of stopping because I, I have to eat, I have to pay my bills, I have to do this and that. So I have to work, you know, 20 hours out of 24 hours a day. Otherwise, I'm, you know, effed in the B, as they say. I guess I guess you could call it like hustle culture, where it's just, it's, it's kind of really dominating. And it really sucks because it, it puts so many presumptions on daily activities or productivity, you know, and I talk about that a lot, too, is productivity, how we value productivity more than anything, productivity over quality, et cetera, et cetera. We just want to see people being active, which is fine. But again, then we start basing people's worth off of their productivity, because if they're not able to produce enough of a product to have monetary gain, then what they're doing has no value. Right. Like, is that not how we view things and actions today? I I feel like that's a that's a very on the nose observation. Kind of what got me thinking about this whole thing. And I know I know we've we've, you know, touched on it before. Like this isn't a new subject. I'm in a different headspace. So I figure it's it's a slightly different perspective. Maybe I don't know. We'll go back and listen and see. On the curse that is Facebook, (laughs) I saw this graphic that was getting shared. And I had one friend share it unironically, then I had another friend share it ironically and went on a whole tirade against it. And I agreed with them about their tirade because, yeah. And it's this really kind of ridiculous sentiment. And it says, I don't know who needs to hear this, but you're not overwhelmed. You are lazy and unorganized. Wake up earlier. Get an agenda book. Create a routine. Create boundaries and say no. Stick to your schedule. Write down and adhere to your deadlines. You are standing in your own way. Now, I get the sentiment behind it, and I get it's it's supposed to be kind of inspirational, etc., and all those lovely little, you know, you, you've got this, you can do this. But it really kind of falls empty and hollow when you realize how policing this concept is. I wish, you know, I think most people who struggle on the daily, you know, it was just a matter of laziness and being unorganized. Uh, (laughs) But that's not the case. It's not the case at all. And it's it's pretty ableist, too, to put that forward, you know, disregarding anybody with any kind of disability who, you know, really has to f- 
find how you know who does it just isn't easy you know not everything is easy as as writing things down every night I set my goal list for the next day it 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 does help me it's something that helps me um it doesn't matter what those goals are it could be you know something big I'm working on it could be make sure you get up and move for 10 minutes you know like it doesn't matter And I don't always stick to it. I can't always stick to it. And part of that also comes into play uh, that I am somebody who desperately needs a lot of structure. Unstructured days (laughs) don't bode for me very well, (laughs) you know. And I can sit there and I can I can fight with my with my brain and how my brain works and operates all day long. But at the end of the day. All that happens is I feel shame for how I'm not able to operate the same way as somebody else. I know that as most people because we are expected to operate um, in this this norm because a few people are able to stand by and just kind of go with the flow and okay this is what this is what's normal my my brain is is normal I can operate normally I can do all of this and so the world the world only accommodates that way of thinking it does not accommodate any other any other kind of divergent thinking it's so absurd to me because you know if if we nixed that, if we got rid of that ideology that everybody's going to work and operate the same way, shape, and form, or else they're just a worthless piece of crap, I feel like everything would be significantly better. I'm not sure that sentiment was 100% targeted like that, however. I feel it's not so much targeted at neurodivergency as more of the style of your way your brain's going to operate. Um, I know mine does not operate normally, but what how I see it is it is a task at hand. So you have one task and you don't be what, what it is like. I think what the sentiment is trying to say is to organize the overwhelming capacity of the tasks at hand. Yeah, but the post flat out called out people out saying you're lazy and unorganized because you're not Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you know, yeah, using that type of language I mean. is not the the right get, way to go about it. I get you know, at the end of the day the this the sentiment is meant to be like you said and that's a great a great idea, but it was not posed that way. It was posed basically as an attack. Like you're lazy and unorganized. As opposed to taking into consideration that not everybody thinks the same. You know, not everybody operates the same way. And if you don't operate in this way, then you are lazy. You're unorganized. You are unhelpful to society. You are a waste of space. You are worthless and invaluable. And not invaluable. And you know, that is exactly how you can say that not everybody thinks the same way because when you had initially showed it to me and I looked at it I did not think that exact sentiment then what you said when you, when you showed it to me I looked at it and that's why I kept it I kept it under wraps before because I didn't say anything about it because I'm like okay I'm going to tell you that on the podcast that the way I saw it was that they're trying to say you do these tasks which is very helpful right it's very helpful to <laughs> Okay. <clears throat> also, 
I want to put out to that sentiment too is you can't tell somebody to think this way, you know, or do these things. And that's that's the issue. It's like you you kind of come into the acknowledgement and the way to do things, right? Because you, I think I said a long time ago, you got to have that sweet spot. It's right there in the middle. Procrastination and precrastination, right? So when you precrastinate, you're doing it immediately without thought behind it, which is also just a, a kind of an issue also mm-hmm. that I found and I've learned, right? Um, procrastination... I mean, every now and again I'll do it, but I'm not really on that kind of that kind of vibe. I'm like I'm trying to stay right in the middle. So with that sentiment, you know, they're they're more so trying to help it along. And I can understand if you you think if <clears throat> it's it's kind of like where you're at, like in your own headspace when you read that you feel that you're attacked. No, I didn't feel attacked. I felt like it was very ableist and very harmful Mm -hmm. rhetoric to everybody. Okay. You know, why do we subscribe to this way of life? Why? Because our productivity is only valued by mega corporations, right? It's only valued by capitalism. That is the sentiment behind it is... Prove your value to society. And I hate that logic. I hate that rhetoric. Not everybody is in the position to prove the... We don't have to prove ourselves. We don't have to prove our value. I'm going to be honest, too. It's like, I'm not actually reading a lot on the internet. I don't do that either. Don't. It's a waste of time. It's horrible. I don't do that. So I'm out of the loop a lot of the time over a lot of this. And I'll admit that. But when I read something like that, I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. They're trying to propose a few steps. It's kind of like... You if, can propose you, steps. If, you can pe- look, propose ways to if, go about If things. you read Mark Manson, like Gary Bishop, right? Read those guys. They'll flat out, I think it's like on the second page of their book. It's like, <laughs> you know, they said stop doing things this way. And the whole book, the whole, like I guess they call them like self-help book are structured in this way, like stop doing this and you'll get this, right? And that's what that whole sentiment thing is copying because what that sentiment is doing is taking these other ones from these like really athletic uh, go-getters and and stuff like that, kind of, I'm going to agree. Maybe they, they didn't say it in the right way, you know? I mean, are there statistics? Are there statistics that say, like, people who read Bark Manson or whoever, that their lives are, are significantly better because they read one sentence from their book and thought, he told me not to think like this, no. so I'm just going to snap out of the way I exactly. think. So if, if, <laughs> you know if, what I mean? If like, you read that on Facebook and then you snap out of it and said, you know what, this is the answer I've always been looking yeah, for, then that's a bit of an issue there because when you, read, when you read stuff on the internet and if you take it to heart and you instantly change your mentality because of what this guy reposted, Yeah. then you have to look at that. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, okay, because... To say you don't work hard, you don't grind and whatnot, to, to not get better at something, that that's that's total BS. Like, work is valuable to work hard at something that you wish to do with your life, I would say. Because, you know, take that documentary, The Swedes, right? 
And they said that they work really hard and that's how they're able to produce all of those pop hits. Mm-hmm. Right? Because they're the hardest working people and they're in the background of the pop stars. Right? And they're in the backgrounds of the pictures and then they, they pointed that out like they're not up front, but they work really hard at it. Um, if writing you, music. Yeah, if you work really hard at something... Right. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. You can get better at it. I mean, it's not like you can. Yeah. And that's whatever you do is you're going to get better at it. You yeah, know, um, easily. you have to keep doing things. Yeah, you it, have now, to actively work on something to become had, better. Had that ad said it like that, then I'm pretty sure there wouldn't be uh, an uproar over that. You know, yeah. because if they said, OK, so here's the deal. If you want to love to do something and you work really hard doing that. It's going to benefit you entirely because you're not you're not overwhelmed with the love of. See that's it's okay. Yeah. See that this this is where it's hard to explain because I don't become overwhelmed with things to do, right? You just do, and um, I'm not the type of person to become overwhelmed with tasks, right? Because it's but just that's, how it is. That's just one way that you think. You know what I mean? Like, right. And and there are other people who think like that and work and operate like that. Um, and you've learned how to accommodate that way of thinking for yourself, right? Right. Because if you but don't, the world doesn't accommodate that. You don't want to do that task. You knock that task out and be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that task. Right. Not doing that one. That gives you free up more time for the tasks that you are actively working toward. I feel. I mean, I get that, but that's not where everybody's at, you know? Not everybody is in that point in place to be able just to disregard those tasks. So I'm not quite sure if it's this ableist thing. I don't know what that what that's about. All I know is it could be a troll thing, too. It could be. And knowing the person who initially posted it, who has a very black and white view of reality, you know? And I am not saying that... There aren't lazy people. There aren't um, people who are standing in their own way. You know, I, I know several people who habitually, you know, it's 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 never like a feasible reason for them not to do something. It's it's some weird excuse that doesn't mean or doesn't really make any sense, you know, and, and I get that. I, I get that. I just that that rhetoric of you're only as worthy as your productivity. That just really that that sucks. That really sucks to view the world that way, because that's not how we should live our lives. You know what I mean? Like that's like we shouldn't have to constantly feel like we have to be productive. We you know, constantly, like when you are dreaming about the things that you are doing and not doing for, you know, you're, you're just doing because you're doing it. Like that's, that's weird. Can we agree that that's weird? You know, we have this whole notion that that whole hustle culture is, it's reliant upon the fact that we just need to survive. And it's kind of cocooned us in this idea that because we we were not allowed to do the things that we love to do and those things that 
we do love to do that we have to force to the side to not be our priorities, those are just hobbies. Those aren't passions. Those are just hobbies. So I think I think that's what kind of just got me over that post because um, it really sucks. People just just chalk it up to it being somebody's lazy because they're not making millions or because they're not achieving their goals within a year of setting out to achieve said goals. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's it's a weird rhetoric, in my opinion. And, you know, we were ta- you were talking about, like, procrastination versus procrastination. And just kind of as a, as a wrap-up thought, I want to leave everybody with this read from a Harvard study. Well, sort of. Uh, so based off of this study by a professor named Adam Grant from... Uh, Wharton School. He did a study regarding procrastination versus procrastination. And uh, I just thought this was an interesting little bit, so I'm just going to read it verbatim. Uh, In a New York Times op-ed column, Why I Taught Myself to Procrastinate, Grant explores the correlation between performance and procrastination habits, citing an experiment conducted by one of his former students, Jehaishan, now a professor at the University of Wisconsin, asked participants to generate new business ideas. Some were randomly assigned to start start right away. Others were given five minutes to play Minesweeper or Solitaire. Everyone submitted their ideas, and independent, independent evaluators rated how original they were. The result? The procrastinator's ideas were rated as 28% more creative. Quote, When people played games before being told about the task, there was no increase in creativity, Grant wrote in the column. It was only when they first learned about the task and then put it off that they considered more novel ideas. It turned out that procrastination encouraged divergent thinking. That's really interesting to me, you know, because that's, I, you know, I relate to that. I sit on an idea. And I think that's where I get confused because you're taught that procrastination means you're lazy. And maybe I did feel slightly attacked by the post because of that. But, you know, it's it's kind of interesting. And so that kind of, I feel, is, a, is an umbrella comprehension of creative thinkers, you know. And I guess that's kind of why I wanted to address that, you know, is that most times creative thinking people are neurodivergent, you know. There, it is more than just being somebody who can just do. We wouldn't have the kind of media, the kind of art, the kind of music, the kind of writing, the kind of everything that we consume without neurodivergency. Why do people, you know, I was talking to my friend about this the other day. Why do you hear so many people who work for a very certain famous company uh studio uh why why do we always hear about how much they hated their job because they're forced to think and operate in a very specific way there is no freedom there is no there is no expenditure of creativity for them they just are working in a production line right so you're forfeiting the way you're think the way you you should be thinking and the way you should be thinking is nine times out of ten the way that 
helps you go about your daily tasks. But if somebody is telling you, oh, you need to produce, you know, so many drawings, so many uh, uh, frames within this amount of time, you don't have that opportunity to to operate what's beneficial, to do it how it's most beneficial to you. Well, it seems like they have different lines, too, like for that. I, I mean, like you have like certain teams that yeah. will do the thinking, such as if you're in a production state of being, if you're a producer uh, in a certain way, then the thinking has already pretty much been done. Mm-hmm. You do this, right? So you're doing. So that kind of job, I mean, obviously, honestly, there's not going to have much creative input to begin with. You know, it's because it's all laid out. Exactly. And then hearkening back to the documentary we were talking about, there's this documentary on Netflix. I super, super, super recommend it. It is a great series. (laughs) I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm enjoying it. We're still uh, watching it. And it's called This Is Pop. And it's just a a telling of some of the most important uh, aspects of the pop music industry. I know it sounds weird and like... I don't want to watch that. But it's really interesting because you're getting insights in ways that you didn't think you needed. So they the, uh, there's an episode titled Stockholm Syndrome where they address how the most prominent music industry producers actually come from Stockholm, Sweden, which is what we were talking about before. And in discussing one particular uh, music label and studio... Uh, Sharon Records, I believe. And granted, we're only getting a couple points of view in this docuseries, but nobody had a bad thing to say because it was a fun environment. There was room and space for everybody to have a voice, for everybody to utilize their thinking. You know, one person who, you know, I'm assuming he was kind of like an intern from the way he was explaining it. He was also a musician in a metal band and he starts playing around with a riff and he comes back into the studio and he starts talking to the studio head and he's like hey can you listen to this studio head listens and is like actually that's really good gives this intern full credit and before you know it it becomes pink's so what which is a very catchy song um so the point is i feel like we could have ju- we could have an even more i mean like I just feel like that's kind of the key, right, is is making sure that that instead of forcing people to utilize their skills in a way that only benefits a few people, utilize your skills and hear hear them, listen to them and let them do it how they want to do it. And oh, my God, could you imagine? Could you imagine the kind of of creative ventures we would have that we would see, that would be awesome. That's the ideal realm, I think. Absolutely. Hopefully that whole rambling made sense. Uh, And hopefully somebody heard it and thought, you know, yeah, I get it. A better sentiment, I think, that can fully encompass everything is this silly one that... uh, I pulled up from the interwebs from a Tumblr post, (laughs) the best place to get motivational speak. Uh, Stop telling yourself that the grass is greener on the other side because it's not. It is greener where you water it. 
So take control of your life and start watering your own pastures and grow your own greener grasses. To which somebody responded, screw grass. Clover is a nitrogen-fixing legume and dandelions are super useful. Be the weeds. Grow on concrete in defiance of those who would thwart you. And then it also goes on to point out that it's also greener where you bury a body. But the point is... About nitrogen to make it greener. (laughs) You can find us at www.theworldofmyth.com on Facebook and Twitter at The World of Myth Bits Podcast and The World of Myth Magazine, as well as Instagram at The World of Myth Bits. Uh, We are going to get started on Stephanie J. Barty's penance piece, that one member of the month, uh, to present uh, for the next review, and I'm very excited. Cheer, boy. Thanks for listening. Until next time.